loss of a loved one and the loss of a nation ought to cause us to grieve. When you grow up without a lot of nurture and the significant relationships you have as a child cause unrest, fear, and insecurity, you tend to isolate. It's hard to trust people enough to get too close to them. As you grow older, you become vulnerable to others who you felt you should trust as good Christians, only to be let down by them. When this lack of trust is reinforced by others, you tend to not get too close to care or to draw much comfort from others. As time goes by, people start to die around you, but you don't feel a deep remorse that others feel. You don't grieve much because you haven't felt the loss as much. Some people isolate themselves when deaths occur because they don't ever want to feel that deep pain of loss again. The grief process is something that everyone faces whenever their sources of life and love are lost. It may be a death, a tragic loss of income, a terrible life situation or disease, or it may be part of the pain of dying to self. We grieve over many types of losses. Today, America is grieving, and Pastor Hardika's family is also grieving a personal loss. But the hope in life's pain is more sure than the rising of the sun. Isolation is never a good recipe for a happy, healthy life of purpose and fulfillment. Yet we don't get to choose the environment that we are born in. But perspective and understanding can help bridge the gaps we develop. I've watched my wife grieve over the loss of both of her parents, and then this week, her sister suddenly and unexpectedly passed away. Every time I see deep, close relationships severed by death or divorce, it becomes a learning experience in love. As I talked with one of my daughters about her aunt passing, she said her biggest nightmare is the fear of losing her sisters. As an only child, for me it's something that, again, I have no connection with. I realized with the passing of what I now know was my best friend, I grieved far more over him dying, and it's because I understand that he genuinely loved me. That loss was real for me, like no other. For several years, I've been preparing myself for the unavoidable, the day that death begins to separate our immediate family. Will it be me, one of my girls, my wife? No one knows, but I do realize that death brings us closer to who we are inside and how we tick, so to speak. We discover some of our deepest needs and our true feelings about people and about our relationship with God. We have a great capacity for pain as human beings. Pain and loss can deeply fuel our lives and shape our vision and identity. For America as a whole, we have seen how identity politics, intersectionality, and racial tensions have been used as leverage by corrupt people to manipulate and control a nation. Ultra-liberal narratives have exploited the human tendency to develop a victim's mentality. It's easy to deceive or be deceived when pain is magnified under a social microscope. Terms like white privilege or gender privilege have been used to guilt people into accepting the victim mentality of others. It's legitimate. It's our fault. And we have the responsibility to make accommodations and reparations for the discrimination we have created or supported. Tom Brady, as you know, is a racist because he beat a black quarterback in the Super Bowl during National Black History Month. 
or one of the latest headlines. A Board of Education in Seattle is working to adopt a deep understanding of how mathematics is racist. This is how ridiculous people get when they don't see through the pain that comes from magnifying people's grief process. Denial, anger, and bargaining are all part of the progression towards acceptance when deep pain is encountered. Today in America, we're still being told we're in denial, while others are in the anger stage, and the media, government, and social media are in a misguided bargaining stage. It's like we need to make death illegal until it doesn't happen anymore. That's how foolish it gets when people don't know how to get past the pain in their history and blame others with their victim's mentality or isolate instead of finding true healing. We simply weren't created to live without God in our lives. He defines life lived according to our divine design and destiny. He alone can cure the deep disease that the human condition experiences, the pain, the loss, and the grief process we use to alleviate that pain can only be rightly overcome by addressing the core of human need. We are not only the victims of the sin of others, we are also the victim of our own crimes against the remedy for human suffering. The remedy is not the government, human accomplishment, isolation, or blaming the world. The restoration of human suffering is Jesus Christ his death for our sins, and his stripes which bring our healing. If you're hurt by others, hurt by death, or hurt by your own failures, getting justice and punishment and payback for your losses doesn't really remove the real need, which is healing. Whether you call it the standard by which we all live or the standard by which America must move forward in, that standard is not justice it's Christian love. Without love, justice will never be found or felt. I haven't felt the deepest grief of death that some feel because of my own past. I have isolated to a certain degree. It's called self-preservation. My deep need was for unconditional love whereby I could feel safe, secure, and provided for. Something I could depend on day after day, no matter what. Mistakes didn't mean I would no longer be loved and safe. Life storms and losses didn't mean I was beyond being loved in ways that nurtured me. I was fortunate to have met God and found His love and standards for life and peace. Through Him I learned that freedom to be what I was created to be wasn't about justice, it was about love. That is the standard. And that love showed me that I was a whole person when I could love even when I was treated wrongly. I couldn't do it myself, and I didn't need to do it myself. I was created to live Christ's life within by His power, wisdom, and grace. If I was treated unjustly by others, I knew that it didn't need to defeat me because God was my source and all-sufficient help and hope. If I remained bitter by my pain, it was because I had cut off my only legitimate lifeline, God. For America, this means that love has personal standards for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. A free handout to someone in poverty will be the loving thing to do, but it will only be legitimate if that love also includes God's healing for the soul so that a person need never feel like a victim again. 
The greatest tragedy in America is not marginalized people because of race, creed, or class. The greatest tragedy is transgressing the remedy for men's greatest needs, the love and character standards of our Creator. Personally, I have learned through being victimized, betrayed, bankrupted, and also broken because of my own sin, how I need never have a victim's mentality again. I will always have all that I need one day at a time. I will always be loved, forgiven, and protected. By grace and mercy, I need never be a captive to injustice, bitterness, loneliness, or the hatred and corruption of my neighbors or my nation. My life need never again be in jeopardy of defeat. When I experience the shock of the death of a loved one, I know it will be hard because I am an emotional being who has learned to trust again. But this will pass, and there will be a reunion again where parting and death and pain will be no more. I determined a long time ago that whenever a death occurs near me, I will seek to make sure that their parting is not in vain. I will seek to find more of the depths of God's love and wisdom and pass it on in the name of Christ and for the memory of those who have fallen asleep in Christ. There's going to be another day. We were created to live forever in a place of unimaginable happiness, where we are surrounded by love and family. The present climate in America provides the perfect opportunity to take stock of just how faithful God is in establishing us in all that we have hoped for. Just as surely as God has promised that death is not the final word about our loved ones, neither does it define the final word for our nation. Never lose your hope.